If you are a little person or know of someone with dwarfism, don't go anywhere as this episode focuses on little people and their challenges, the things that we don't know that they deal with, with their finances. So stay tuned. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Buenas, buenas. How is it going? This is Jen Hemphill, your host. And this month, our theme is all about thinking bigger. And our guest today has done nothing but think big. Let me share with you a little bit about Christophe Sajak-Dinik. Christophe is a little person, podcaster, drummer, surfer, actor, and stuntman. Throughout his life, he's dealt with physical and social challenges as a result of his dwarfism. After two reconstructive leg surgeries and a spinal fusion, Christophe continues to follow his own path. His podcast highlights the lives of little people with dwarfism by interviewing guests in discussing the successes, the struggles, the funny, and the real day-to-day experiences that little people face. In this episode, you will hear the unique point system his mom had. I absolutely love what she did and what he learned from it, as well as the story of when he moved to Los Angeles and only had $7 to his name and some of the financial challenges that little people encounter that I think we, as those of us who aren't little people, need to be aware of and need to appreciate. Lista, let's go meet Christophe. Bienvenido, Christophe. I'm so thrilled to have you here, and I'm so glad that we got connected, even though it was virtually. It's interesting we haven't met in person, but we got connected virtually through a conference, Podcast Movement. So I'm just excited to have you here, share your story, and yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. This is a pleasure. I'm so happy we got connected and I'm a fan of your show now that I've met you and I've listened to your show. It's great. I love that you talk so much about money because it's something that I necessarily haven't delved so much into, but it's important for everybody. It's extremely important for everybody. And talking about it just normalizes that whole discussion. Absolutely. And I wanted to have you here because one, I think you're absolutely fantastic. I love your personality. And you're going to be educating me along the way. So if you need to interrupt me because I say something that is not correct, or you're like, uh, yeah, let's take that back. (laughs) Please do. But you're also a little person. And I wanted to bring you on because there's different challenges, financial challenges, 
and of course, other challenges as well, but because this is about money. So I'm really excited to talk about this because I know you're going to bring a wealth of information. I'm excited to learn from you. So let's start with going back in time, Christophe, like take us back to maybe when you were a little boy or maybe in your teenage years, some memory, some time in your life or your upbringing where there was something that you saw, something that you heard, some sort of experience that you had that really impacted the way that you thought about money. Sure. So I am a little person. I'm four foot four inches tall and I have a rare form of dwarfism. But my dwarfism is cartilage hair hypoplasia. And they knew that when I was born, but throughout my life, I really wasn't treated by my parents and my close friends like I was any different than anybody else. I had numerous medical conditions and issues that needed to be corrected with surgery, but I was still going out and playing and riding my bike and getting into trouble and getting dirty and all these things, which also means that I was able to do chores around the house. (laughs) And my parents, even though I couldn't reach stuff in the kitchen or I couldn't reach the top of the car, I was still washing my mom's car in the driveway in Michigan, even when it was chilly outside. And I learned that through work, you get paid. And that was something that it didn't matter if I was little or not. I knew that I had worth and value and that my time and my skills, even if I needed a step stool or more time to complete the job, I was worthy of of being paid and and gaining money. And that was probably the first time that I actually realized that. And also, you know what, now that I think about it, even before that, it wasn't monetarily, but my mom would, she always wanted me to try new things. And she always wanted me to experience new things and not be closed off to the world. My mom's a French teacher. She traveled the world and specifically to France many times. And she wanted me to experience that stuff. And so she's a teacher. And so she would take me with her students to the places that she wanted her students to experience. We had a point system. And if I would try new foods or I would try to do something new, I would barter with my mom to obtain points for whatever it was that I was trying. And I could use those points to redeem for like a toy or something. I mean, I was young. Oh my God. I was That's like awesome. four or five, six years old and I was trying escargot or trying pate or something like I would never try because I thought it was gross or smelled bad. <laughs> my mom got me to try these things in exchange for points that I could use to get something that I wanted to have. And so it kind of just was instilled in me at a really young age that there was this system of receive and redeem. And it worked for some of my money skills, I guess, later on. But what it really worked for was me to learn that life is huge. And if you close yourself off to it, you're really not going to be able to redeem the benefits of what might be there. That is so beautiful. And tell your mom I love her. She just seems like a fantastic woman and just so creative to have you just try different things and explore. I think she did a fantastic job in it. I think really just from what I know about you, you're such a go-getter. And I think the influence of your mom and her just making sure that you weren't closed off to the world, I think that was a huge factor. 
in terms of what I see. You might say other things as well, but I love that you share that story. And I'm curious too, because you do a lot of things. As I mentioned, you are a go-getter. You do not let anything stop you, which I love. You are an actor, you're a surfer, you're a drummer. That's something that I think I was in my past life because I do. My son took up drumming, but each time I get there, I'm like, oh, this doesn't go the way I planned. I feel like I could just do it, right? It doesn't go the way I planned. But I love, I love the drums, even though I can't play. But I'm curious to know, take us a little bit, take us through your career? Because at one time, you pretty much when you moved to Los Angeles, tell us about that time when you were 29, you moved to Los Angeles in pursuit of your dream. Take us back to that time. Yeah, at 29, I had just left a rock and roll band that I was playing in, played in a rock and roll band for six years in my 20s. We toured the US and Europe and we worked our butts off. And I wasn't really making any money and I kind of saw the end of that chapter for me and I didn't want to stay in Michigan any longer. I was working two jobs playing in one rock and roll band and then playing in another cover rock and roll band in order to save up money to have some cushion when I got to Los Angeles. And I quit everything in Michigan just like in the matter of three months or so and decided that I was going to move. And I moved to Los Angeles and I had a little bit of cushion in my bank account and I arrived in LA and I kind of hung myself off the cliff and I'm really happy I did just to have that life experience. I didn't come to LA and get a a retail job or any sort of other job. I came to LA because I wanted to play music and I lived so frugally. I was just scrimping and saving whatever I could and just making my money work for me. But knowing that I was in Los Angeles for the benefit of the opportunities that were here. And that's where I saw the value and a safe and inexpensive place to live, which was great. And I just hit the computer so hard. I would refresh Craigslist 10 times a day in the gig section. And I would look up for any sort of drumming gigs. I did so many auditions and I got a couple gigs here and there, but I didn't really land anything big. And then one day I refreshed and there was an ad that said, you know, I need a a backing band for my artist. Went through a couple pathways. I won't tell you the whole story, but this post on Craigslist landed me a job playing with a nine-year-old Japanese prodigy guitarist on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Nice. And at the Will Turn, which is one of the larger venues, I think it's maybe a 3,000 seat venue, right afterward with this artist. And it was huge. You know, that was the biggest single payday I've ever had in my entire life was playing on this TV show. And, you know, it also signaled to my friends and family back home that after three or four months, holy crap, Christoph landed a job on television. This is amazing. (laughs) And I had done a couple other acting things too. You know, I came out to LA to do music, but I fell into acting because of my size. Again, I'm four foot four. So that's a rare thing in any part of the world. And in Hollywood, they can utilize us little people, you know, short statured for different types of roles. And 
still scrimping and saving. I'm chipping away and getting tiny jobs here and there. And then I do the Ellen show. And then I get a call from Universal Pictures and they said, hey, we want to hire you for three months over the summer to work on a major motion picture in New Mexico. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, I'm interested. And I think I had just gotten off the phone with my dad saying, hey, I might need to borrow some money because this place is expensive and stuff is kind of crazy and I'm working as hard as I can, but this is really tough to do out here and I don't know what's going to happen. And I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to borrow money. And LA has these peaks and valleys that are so steep and so defined and being on the Ellen show and then like coming home and like eating some Costco pizza that you've had for four days. You know, it's like, it's not all glitz and glamour. It's not like that, which is glitter is not gold, you know? And so it was just a a totally different life. But I knew that if I hung myself off the cliff, I would teach myself a lesson that was important. So I landed this movie job. And at the time that I landed this movie job, I ended up having $7 in my bank account. And a couple of things attached to that. I almost didn't take the job because in my head, it wasn't a music job. And I called a musician friend of mine who's so successful. Like, do you sense the stubbornness here? <laughs> because there's some stubbornness happening. I'm with you. I'm stubborn. I am stubborn. So I, I relate. I relate. <laughs> yeah. So I called a music friend of mine. And I said, hey, like I got called for this acting job, but it's not music. He's like, are you stupid? Like, <laughs> What about people giving you money do you not like? What about having a summer in New Mexico, meeting new people and working? He's like, a gig is a gig, man. You got to take it. You have to go and do this. And I did. And it was the thing that changed my life so much. It, It was so incredible that I got to go out to New Mexico, work on this film for three months. The film is called Paul. I stood in for a CGI alien character that was my height and my gait, but like half my width, very skinny alien character. But I worked with celebrities and made friends. And some of my best friends came from that job. And every time May and June roll around, I just have fond memories of traveling out to New Mexico and having my summer spent out there. And it's everyone on that film was so kind. I made really great money. It was amazing. And it changed my life. That was such a life-changing moment for me. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Now I'm curious too, because you mentioned you were frugal. It sounds like you were very careful with your money in a time where you were just going for it. You're going for your dreams. You didn't take up a nine to five job because you were focused on your music career, which led into acting as well. Before we continue, I have a brief message to share. Herdinero Matters is supported by First Republic Bank. Now more than ever, First Republic's priority is serving their clients and communities. Their personalized banking solutions go deeper than a transaction. For over 30 years, First Republic has striven to leave a positive impact on the communities they serve. 
from presenting grants to nonprofits and need to going the extra mile to connect individuals experiencing hardship with fair loans. The bank is focused on doing the right thing. No matter what your financial goals are, your dedicated First Republic banker will be there to guide you every step of the way. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC equal housing lender. What were some of the things that you learned in that journey? Because I'm sure there were some days, like you mentioned, you were on the phone with your dad. You were actually thinking of asking him for money. You had $7 to your name. You were eating Costco pizza for days at a time. So tell us what are some of the things that you learned that just kept you going? What are some of the things that really kept you going? And when you're looking back now, you're like, wow, that's that was pretty cool. Yeah. One of the things is I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So being in California in wintertime means you don't have to shovel snow and you can actually wear shorts. <laughs> so that's one thing that keeps you going for sure. <laughs> and just because I was in the rock band for six years, I had a lot of contacts and we made a lot of connections. And so I had connections and I've always been a people person. I want to talk on... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. The phone with you. I want to be on a video chat with Jen. You know, I want to be able to see, like, I like that connection. I'm learning more and more. It just means so much more to me. And I knew that in LA, those connections are also seen as valuable and I just, I met with everybody I possibly could. I didn't stay home. I was on the computer constantly refreshing Craigslist, but I was going to get lunch with any person ever that would ever get lunch with me. And I just tried to meet as many people as I possibly could. And that just served me in big ways and in investment ways, because I'm sure I wasn't great company, you know, the first couple of times I was networking with people in LA. But now I, I'm better at it. I'm not going to say I'm the best at it, but I definitely am better at it. I can strike up a conversation and find out what you're into and I can share about myself. And that's important when you're in a city that thrives and learns and lives by that. And that isn't necessarily where I came from. And so learning all that, networking became a job. It became a fun job. I was out there meeting people and experiencing things. And I still do this to this day. That's one thing that I miss from being in the home all the time is, you know, and away from people being safe from COVID is like, I miss the interaction and the people and learning about stories and, and just hearing from folks. And I think that's what really kept me going. Like I found inspiration from all these different people and all these different instances that I would get myself into. <laughs> I can tell you're definitely a people person just in my interactions with you, your energy. And I am sure you are fantastic at networking because you definitely take a interest in the person and people love talking about themselves. And I think and networking is huge, just building those relationships and doesn't matter what career, but I'm sure with a career in music and acting and those type of careers is 
who you know. And if they know you and they're like, Christoph is just amazing, his energy, he is a go-getter, that's gold to people. So I can see you in those networking events. I can visualize it now. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. You get to see me in action in your brain. <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see it just from what I've known about you. Now, I'm curious to know as well, with little people, Yep. this is a podcast about personal finance. What are some financial obstacles or challenges that you face that you want other people to know about? And and there might be a listener that is a little person too, and he or she is going to say, yes, I can so relate. And we haven't heard this on the podcast. So I'm curious, what are some of those financial challenges or obstacles that little people face? Sure. My work history has been, I worked for two small television stations in Michigan, community television stations that are government owned. And the struggles that I had there were the glass ceiling was so thick. In government jobs, you can't really advance unless somebody quits or God forbid something worse happens to them and things just kind of open up. So it was tough for me there. I kind of like hired in at the highest that I could go. Playing in a rock band, it's very selective and very specialized. And I'm the only little person drummer that I know of that was touring in a rock and roll. And if you look at me on stage behind a drum set, you necessarily don't notice right away that I am little because I'm covered up. I'm not a guitar player that's running around. You can see that my legs and arms are short. I'm behind the drums. And a lot of people would say, oh, wow, I didn't know that you were that small behind the drum set. And then acting, again, very specialized, very specific to my look, my size, my ability. So for me, when COVID started, I was in a pivoting transition. I kind of wanted to move away from acting stuff a little bit because I had a couple of years where there was like too much rejection and too many closed doors in my face. And I'm tired of that. I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm a people person. I know how to do a lot of different things. And I know that I have value and I wasn't getting that from acting. So it's been tough for the last year because I haven't been able to just like get out in the, the workforce and be able to show my skills and those types of things. On the other side of the coin, I started a podcast a year and a half ago. And my show is called I'm Kind of a Big Deal. And I specialize in discussing the issues of little people, mostly with little people. I have a lot of little people guests that come on and they talk about what they have experienced in their lives. Some of this stuff hasn't happened to me, but I can share that my new season is starting up in February 2021. And one of my guests talks about how she received absolute discrimination right in the job interview, so much so that she actually filed a claim against the company, which hired the less experienced person who happened to be average height that came in and interviewed after her. So Mm. she was Mm -hmm. discriminated solely because of her disability and her dwarfism. She had so much more experience than the person that this company hired and they had to fight. She had to go in and say, hey, what is this? And this is not fair and actually want a settlement for that. Other little people, I feel like just in society, they're not taken seriously. We're not seen on the same 
playing field as someone who is average height or someone who might have the same tenacity as an average height person, the same drive, the same go get. And it's a two way street of discrimination in a sense, because the people that you would want to work for don't take you seriously. And in that same reflection, you're not taking yourself seriously when you are the little person. And so you can experience feelings that are lesser than lower self-esteem, lower confidence. And it's a cycle that is just really difficult to break. Another guest of mine told me that she did not want to leave high school because she knew being a little person, there was nothing for her after high school. She couldn't do anything. She couldn't do the stuff that she wanted to do because of her disability and the way that she was perceived in society. And that's just heartbreaking because she is beautiful. She's smart, mm-hmm. talented. I don't know somebody who is more tenacious and like, Jen, thank you for calling me a go-getter. She's a go-getter and she owns her life and goes for it. And that's a deep cut. That's hard. That's really hard to think that as a teenager, your future is already splayed out in front of you and it's bleak. I can't imagine. And it sounds like she turned her life around because you mentioned she's just tenacious and oh my goodness. Yeah, I can only imagine. And I think I wanted to have that discussion because I know you have your podcast and you have these discussions, right? Mm -hmm. But I wanted to bring you on to just bring light and a reminder because especially in the world that we're living in today that yes, I think we have inclusivity and just having more awareness of who we are, different or whatever. Uh, So I wanted to bring that because I think it's important to talk about. It's important to talk about. It's important to understand and have an appreciation of. So I appreciate you sharing this with us. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say in terms of uh, what are like maybe some uh, challenges in terms of money? I mean, some of them that you mentioned are related to money, but things that maybe we don't think about. The first thing that comes up is clothing. Is clothing, because here, you know, I'm being educated, is it more expensive? Or tell us a little bit more on that. Uh, Yes, clothing for sure is huge because I actually just interviewed a woman who started a clothing line for little people. And it's the only clothing line that at the moment that's specifically being made for little people and average height folks. And what we talk about is your clothing makes you feel something, you know, you feel confident or you feel down. If your clothing does not fit you, you do not feel confident and you do not feel like you are you. And for little people, that is so hard because we have shorter legs, we have shorter arms, we have different shaped torsos. We do not fit into the regular sizes that you would find in a department store or any store. It's just not there for us. It's like panning for gold. We have to strike it rich in order to find something that actually fits. And it's just really tough. I hated it growing up. And so you can spend more money because you can buy jeans that fit you in the waist and in your rear end, but then they have to be hemmed below the knee because your legs are shorter. And where your ankles would show up on a pair of jeans 
an average height person, that's their knee or their calf. And so it's a different width. And so there's this width difference that's there and it takes some work. And so finding a seamstress or someone like a tailor that can do your work to make your clothes fit. It's so hard. I have a couple of custom made suits and I paid so much money for them, but they were worth it because they fit me so well. And I feel so confident wearing these clothes that it doesn't matter what the brand is or what the size is or anything like if it doesn't fit you and you don't feel good in it, it's a drag, you know, and you can't be yourself or be who you want to be or be who you think you should be. So clothing is really tough. I also wear girls jeans because they end up fitting me the best. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like I can't wear guys jeans because like the cut is just not for me. I wear American Eagle girls jeans. What's up, American Eagle? Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I just kind of found it on a whim, but I've purchased so many of them and I'm like, okay, this is where I wear them. Other places where we have to spend more, you know, disability costs money and it's, mm. it can be expensive to accommodate your life, outfit your life to accommodate your ability. And Another thing we spend money on is outfitting the car so we can drive it. Yes. Yeah. I use pedal extensions. I'm tall enough and my legs are long enough so I can sit in a seat and and use pedal extensions. And in a, in a bind, I can drive without pedal extensions, even though it's very uncomfortable. It's not something I can do for hours, but other people, they have to have more specialized pedal extensions than I do. And some people require hand controls which mm. I don't know. This is actually something that I, I'm looking forward to speaking with someone on my show about, but I don't know what that cost is. I know it's expensive. It has to be expensive to outfit a car with hand controls. You're moving everything to your thumbs on on the steering wheel or near the steering wheel so you can reach it. But again, you have to figure out what works for you. And if that's an insurance thing that can get covered, that's great. If not, I don't know. Like You, you just end up paying... Extra. Extra for those types of things. We have stools, we have grabbers, we have just things around the house that help us to accommodate our living spaces. And all of that stuff is really important because, like I said, I'm very fortunate. I don't have chronic pain. I am very mobile. I'm very active. I'm athletic. I go out and I do things. I don't know how long that's going to last. I hope it lasts for a very long time, but I still have three step stools around the house. I still put a step stool under my chair so my feet don't dangle and my hips get pulled out of socket. It's these things that you constantly, they take more time, they take more money, they take more consideration and thought. And it all kind of just, you know, is uh, there are things that you have to do. Right. I'm really enjoying this conversation. And I've learned so much from you, Christoph. And of course, I knew it was going to be fun because of your personality. So I really appreciate you sharing about you, about sharing the obstacles you have overcome and some of the challenges that little people face with that they have to pay extra money on that I wanted to bring that to light to just for us to have awareness. And there could be that person listening. That's also a little person. And I want to recognize that person that's listening. So thank you so much. I loved having this conversation with you and make sure for those listening to check out his podcast. Tell us the name again. I'm kind of a big deal.
And I love that podcast. I love that name too. So definitely check it out. And thanks so much, Christoph. You are just such an inspiration to me. I love your energy. And I know you've achieved so much success up to now. And there's more waiting for you. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. This has been a blast. I really appreciate you having me on. And like I said, I'm a fan. I think what you're doing is great as well. Keep the money conversation going. And if I can say one last thing, Absolutely. Go for it. If anybody out there, if you ever encounter a little person and you feel like you want to say hello, please just go up and say hello. Introduce yourself and say something kind. And I think you might be surprised at the reaction that you get. We are all just people out there and it's important for us to connect. Thank you for sharing that. Well, Christoph, it's been a blast and we'll hopefully we'll connect again soon. Thanks, Jen. Thank you so much. absolutely love speaking with Christophe and I hope his story gave you inspiration to think big and not let any obstacles get in your way. You can connect with Christophe at ChristopheZD.com. I'll have that link in the show notes. And also I would love for you to check out his podcast, which is called I'm Kind of a Big Deal Podcast. Now, I know Christoph's story is inspiring, but if you're needing some help in staying inspired and dreaming big, be sure to check out La Membresia, a monthly membership program that provides you support, accountability, all while being understanding of our Latinx culture. And you can check out the details over at jenhemphill.com forward slash membership. Next week on the podcast, we get to meet Christine Arillo, an author of a book called Overwhelmed and Over It. So if you deal with overwhelm, hello, I do. (laughs) You definitely don't want to miss this episode. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes at jenhempill.com forward slash 269. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. So let's just claim it because listen, I believe in you and so should you. If you love this podcast, love this episode, I would love it if you share it with someone you care about. You never know what exactly that person is going through. And the simple act of sharing can change the direction of their financial life for the better. Bueno, pues that is everything. Y nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.